Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. You know, tonight I really do believe that we have another Bible character in our series that's going to teach us how we can live a life that's pleasing to God. This past Sunday we talked about the importance of making disciples and exactly what the Great Commission meant, uh, that Jesus had given us a responsibility. You know, we talked about those disciples having second thoughts. Even after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, after He had appeared to them multiple times, yet the eleven sat with Him on a hill just on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee. And there He began to tell them that they were going to shoulder the responsibility. They were going to carry on the ministry that He had when He was on earth. They had been with Him about three and a half years. And, you know, the Bible says they saw Him, they worshiped Him. You can read it, Matthew 28, verse 16. They saw Him, they worshiped Him, verse 17, but some doubted. How could any one of the eleven doubt? Well, they weren't doubting Jesus. They weren't doubting what He could do. They weren't doubting who He was. What they were doubting is who they were, what they could do. You know, it's often that we don't have doubts about Jesus and what He can do. But perhaps at times we have second thoughts. Maybe we think twice as to whether or not God has called us. What can we do for Him? Well, tonight we're going to talk about a Bible character. We're in this series, and uh, this series about my favorite Bible characters and what I've learned from them. And this particular Bible character uh, no doubt had reason to wonder if Jesus could use her. Uh, Mary Magdalene. Okay? Uh, so let's turn in our Bibles tonight as we're getting ready to study this Bible character, Mary Magdalene. We'll be going first to Luke chapter 8. And while you're finding Luke chapter 8, let me go ahead and pray and ask God's grace to be with us tonight. Uh, you know, there's no distance and there's no time in the Spirit. Uh, I know at times we can feel almost alone whenever, you know, you may be in your home, uh, in your office, or driving down uh, the road listening to this, or in some other venue. You may not feel like you're collected together with the church, but that's not the reality. You know, Almighty God, our Father in Heaven, has a way of stretching His umbrella out over each one of us and including us. And the Bible says where two or three are gathered together in His name, there He is in the midst. He's here with me, and He's there with you. And the Bible talks about that if I am walking in the light and you're walking in the light in 1 John, the first chapter, then we have fellowship with one another. Tonight we have true fellowship, true koinonia, as the Greek term is, true spiritual relationship and fellowship, partnership in the Word of God tonight. So while you find Luke chapter 8 and perhaps get something, you may want to take some notes this evening. Let's get comfortable and let me pray and then we'll get to the Word. Father, Lord, tonight we pray, Lord, that you would gather us together, Lord, not just, uh, Lord, uh, over the internet, Father, but in spirit, Lord, in heart. God, uh, put us together as one, Lord. We are family, God. We're surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses, sir. Lord, may heaven and earth, Lord, participate 
in your word tonight, Lord. And, and uh, Lord, angels on assignment, Lord, and gathering us together, Lord, under the penumbra, under the umbrella, Lord, of your grace and your goodness, Lord. Open our hearts to your word. Open our minds to your word, Lord. And use your word to change our lives tonight. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 8. Mary Magdalene. You know, there's a lot been written and a lot of imaginations, um, you know, uh, been given about Mary Magdalene. In fact, uh, you know, there are books written about her and, and including her. And there are a lot of... Uh, conspiracies and a lot of, of a, a lot of even you know sordid stories uh, none of which are true we actually know very little about mary magdalene but many people have imagined wrongly that the scripture indicates that she was somehow a prostitute or you know a, a bad woman you know this is not the woman this 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 mary's not the woman that that you know anointed jesus head with oil or or, or his feet this is not the the, the mary that dried his feet with uh, with her hair um, you know uh, mary magdalene uh, it's it very specific what the scripture says about her but nowhere in the word of god does it say that she was uh, you know a prostitute nowhere in the word of god uh, does it even say that she was a sinner even though we know that we are all born into sin. But nowhere does it say that she did something really bad that, you know, that we might as a society consider bad. Uh, many people have imagined a lot of things about her which are just imaginations. Let's see what the Bible has to say about her. Because the Bible gives us the only true picture that God was willing for us to see about Mary and seeing into her life. In Luke the 8th chapter, Jesus had already called His 12 disciples and He had been ministering all around the Galilee. And He had picked up another group of followers. And some of these followers were women, of which one was Mary Magdalene. Now, Mary is her name. Magdalene is a, uh, is a way to identify this Mary from other Marys. Uh, you know, there are a lot, of, a lot of Marys in the Bible. There's, you know, uh, uh, Mary, the mother of James. There's, you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus. There's, uh, you know, uh, this Mary is Mary Magdalene. Why is she called Magdalene? Well, it's not her last name. It's an identification that points to the city from which she came. She came from the city of Magdala, which was really a little village, a smaller village in that time, a village on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee, just, just a little north of the town today of Tiberias. The city of Magdala, or this little fishing village as it were, in fact Magdala was known in those days uh, because uh, they harvested uh, sardines out of the Sea of Galilee, and, uh, and they would take these sardines and salt them down and get them prepared for transport or uh, for sale uh, to the local population or to be shipped elsewhere. And so Magdala was, uh, was a well-known, important little town. It's being excavated currently. In fact, a, a new group bought it in 2009 and has been doing a lot of excavations there. And if you go with me to Israel in uh, 2021, we're going in June, June the 4th through June the 12th, of 2021, um, I'll show you and take you to that little city. And they're building this nice little theater there and wonderful things, a little fishing town. So that's what Mary Magdalene means. You know, uh, uh, many people, when you say Mary Magdalene, they, they think of a, 
uh, you know, a woman who is of ill repute. Not what the Bible says. Okay? The Bible identifies her. Uh, it never says anything about her husband, so she must not have had one because normally a husband is mentioned. But she's mentioned by the city that she comes from. You know, she must not have had children because if not identified by the husband, then often identified by the child. You know, the mother of but not that. She's identified by the city she was from. And she's also identified as what we understand to be uh, an independently wealthy woman. That's right. Let's read in Luke chapter 8, verse 1. Now it came to pass afterward that Jesus went through every city and village preaching and bringing glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom he, you know, out of whom had come seven devils, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's servant, and Susanna, and many others who provided for Jesus from their substance. Very interesting. Here she is lumped together and introduced with a group of women, a, a rather small and a very important group of women. Jesus had called the twelve, and the twelve were with him, but also Luke identifies that at this particular moment, not only was the twelve with him, but there was also a group of women, and he names a few of them. Of course, he names uh, uh, Joanna, you know, uh, and he names Susanna, and uh, he said some others, and then Mary Magdalene, out of whom had come, or out of whom he had cast seven devils. Uh, the only thing that we know about Mary Magdalene at this point, and all the way through, even to the cross, uh, the, the, the cross will be the next time that we see her again. Well, actually, more toward the resurrection, you know, at, at the tomb of Jesus. But Luke indicates that three, these three women specifically provided for. The King James Version says ministered to, provided for, ministered to. It's a Greek word, diakoneo. And it, it is literally where we get the word and the concept of um, deacons, which means to wait on tables. Literally means to serve. It means to have a subservient role, to, 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 to serve uh, as though you would wait on a table. And that's exactly what her role was. She had chosen this role, but it's very interesting as we were, would, would read that it, it, it says here that uh, these ladies, they provided for or ministered to Jesus from their substance. From their substance. Now, again, I don't want to get boring or too technical, but this pronoun there is in the feminine. And in understanding how this is indicated, literally, this was their substance. It was their money. He's talking about money. This was their money. 
They went with Jesus, they and other women, these three being the chief, uh, out, out of whom uh, Mary Magdalene had seven devils cast out of her, but also many of these women, they, they could have been spirits of infirmity because uh, Jesus healed them in, you know, of many infirmities, these ladies, and they were very appreciative. And those who could, uh, in, in, in one case, one of them's husband must have allowed her, the chief steward of Herod must have allowed her to go as well along with him on his ministry campaigns and pay the bills. Now you might say, well, hold on. Didn't Judas keep the money bag for Jesus? Yes. Judas Iscariot was Jesus' treasurer, as it were, and he kept the money bag. But we also know uh, from more scripture that Judas did not really care anything about the poor. He really didn't care about ministry. He cared about making himself rich. And so he was stealing, the Bible says, from the money bag. And uh, what does that cause? Many times it causes shortages. And so who made up the difference? These ladies. These ladies who were evidently independently wealthy, they had their own money, they had their own substance, their own resources. They found it in their heart a calling from God to follow Jesus around from city to city, from village to village, not just in the Galilee, but we know they also, Mary Magdalene, followed Him all the way down to Jerusalem, and there paid the bills, helped by ministering to Jesus. One of the things that we're going to learn this evening from Mary Magdalene is uh, that ministry looks both ways. You know, Jesus chose the disciples, the Bible says, these 12 apostles, to be with Him and to send them out to preach. Jesus chose them to minister with Him. You know, uh, you know to be with Him while He was, you know, uh, uh, ministering, to, to help Him to feed the fish and loaves and to go out and do ministry. He sent them out and told the, uh, the 12, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. He sent them out. You know, you can read it in Matthew 10 and in Luke 10. And, and you know, they, they were so excited. They did work with Jesus. But Mary Magdalene, instead of working with Jesus in that ministry, she was called to a different ministry. Um, she ministered to Jesus, not with Him. There's no indication she ministered with Jesus or for Jesus in this period of time. But we do see her again in ministry for Jesus in Luke. Let's look at the end of Luke. In fact, uh, we're going to Luke chapter 24, but we'll start in Luke chapter 23. Okay, uh, just back up a few scriptures right out of uh, chapter 24. And uh, Mary Magdalene, here we see her again. Uh, Jesus has, you know, he's in Jerusalem. He's been arrested and, you know, beaten. He's been judged, accused, judged, sentenced. He's been crucified and uh, he's died. Joseph of Arimathea has asked for the body of Jesus and has gone to claim the body and to take Him down off the cross because it's almost sundown, almost the Sabbath. And verse 54 says that the day of the preparation and the Sabbath drew near. Verse 55, And the women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb 
and how his body was laid. And then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commitment or the commandment. Now, I find it interesting here that we see these ladies, you know, and in a moment in chapter 24, down about verse 10, we will find out who these ladies are. They are named. Uh, in fact, let, let, let me tell you who they are. Uh, it was Mary Magdalene, verse 10 of chapter 24, uh, and Joanna. Y'all remember those that, that ministered, you know, uh, to Jesus. Here they're ministering to Jesus again, you know, uh, and, and uh, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was Mary Magdalene again. Here this woman, you know, she had followed Jesus to Jerusalem, and She's there at the cross, and she observes them taking his dead body down. And so she and Joanna, who had been used to ministering and serving Jesus, where are the disciples? They're all gone. Where are these, you know, uh, uh, 11 apostles that are left? They're all gone. You know, and Judas is going out to hang himself. And the others are going to hide in an upper room because they're concerned. Peter has denied Christ the night before, and they're all locked in an upper room. And, and for fear of the Jews, that they also were going to be crucified because they were ones that were seen ministering with Jesus. And, 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 you know, but here Mary Magdalene and Joanna, unafraid, because they had been ministering to Jesus. And they want to continue. So they follow His body, and they see where He's laid. And then immediately they begin to prepare, begin to prepare once again to minister to the body of Christ. You know, in many ways, I see Mary Magdalene as a picture of the church. You know, uh, ministry, again, looks both ways. Ministry, uh, some people are called to minister with Jesus. Some people are called to preach and to teach. Some people are called to be sent out onto foreign fields. Some people are called, you know, to, to feed the hungry. And, to, and uh, you know, some people are called to do, uh, you know, a number of things with Jesus and for Jesus. But there's also a valid ministry that we see that is a part of the ministry of the church. This won't be the last time that we see this ministry. Ministering to Jesus, ministering to Him, meeting His needs, not just meeting the needs of others for Him, but meeting His needs. There is a valid ministry in the body of Christ of meeting the needs of Jesus, meeting His needs. You say, what does He need? Well, let me tell you, He needs to be worshiped. He needs to be adored. He, is, he has needs. You know, uh, He, Jesus, needs to be praised. You know, uh, in this instance, of course, he needed food, he needed lodging, he needed provision. He needed his disciples taken care of. Those that were working in the field needed a meal when they came back from the field. They, they, they needed a bed to sleep in. They needed, you know, uh, uh, you know, encouragement, I mean, all along the way. Those that minister to the Lord are often called in critical times to minister for the Lord. You might have a ministry to Him. Intercession, giving of thanks, prayer, worship, adoration, praise, perhaps ministering to the Lord of your substance to make sure that those who are ministering for Him and with Him 
have the provision they need. Maybe God has blessed you. You don't have to be a woman to have this calling in your life, to be one of the paymasters in the kingdom of God, to minister to Him. We see this again in Acts chapter 13. At a very critical moment, we see in Acts chapter 13 and verse 1 that, that they were ministering there, the church in Antioch. There were in this church in Antioch certain prophets and teachers, and it goes on to name some of them. And it says that as they ministered to the Lord, the Lord spoke. And the Lord said, Separate unto me Barnabas and Paul for the work that I have called them to do. And so the church, a picture of Mary Magdalene, supplied the resources necessary to send Barnabas and Paul. They laid their hands on them, they prayed for them, and they sent them out and they supported them. And they also received them back into safety and comfort. You know, this is a picture of what Mary Magdalene was doing. She was ministering to the Lord just like the church in Antioch. And when she was ministering to the Lord, the Lord spoke and said, I have, a, I, I have something that needs to be done, and I need you to do it. I need you to support it. The same thing happened in Luke, the 24th chapter. Here, Mary Magdalene in Luke 24 in verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, you know, uh, these women, Mary Magdalene is the... Uh, is the uh, uh, seems to be the most important, most prolific one here, that they come again while the disciples are in an upper room. They're very used to ministering for Jesus and with Jesus, but they're not conscious of ministering to Him. They aren't conscious of ministering to His body, which today is the church. They're conscious of doing something but they don't perhaps value that the body of Christ needed something that day. Mary Magdalene had prepared. And indeed, if you follow the story along, you can read about it in Matthew chapter 28. You know, and, uh, you, know you read about it in, 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 um, in, here in, in, in Luke. Uh, uh, you can read about it in um, you know, Mark, okay, uh, the 16th chapter. But also we can read about it in John, uh, in John specifically, in John the 20th chapter. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all contain this moment. In, in John the 20th, uh, 20th chapter, verse 1, the Bible says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early. John focuses on Mary. Why does John focus on Mary so much? And it says that, that you know, uh, she went early and while it was still dark and she saw that the stone had been taken away uh, because it was Mary that Jesus first spoke to in that garden. It was Mary that, that uh, you know, Jesus uh, turned and, and, and said, Mary, and she recognized him. And it was Mary Magdalene that had been ministering to the Lord for all of her ministry life, for all the time we have known her. You know, uh, Luke introduces her early in Jesus' ministry. Now it's, you know, uh, over three years later, she's still there, still ministering to the Lord. But now Jesus is going to call her to minister for Him. 
In fact, do you know what she becomes? The last word that we get on Mary is that she has been called by the resurrected Christ to become an apostle. That's right. Don't get scared by that word. It simply means one that is sent. She was the one that was sent by the resurrected Jesus to tell his disciples that he was alive. She became an apostle to the apostles. What gave her such recognition in the eyes of Christ? Because she was the one there. According to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, she was the one ministering to him. And therefore, he called her to be a messenger for him. Well, there are a lot of other lessons that we can learn from Mary Magdalene, but let me give you my three takeaways. Uh, I have thought about and studied about Mary Magdalene uh, for at least the past 40 years. And one of the things that I see in her life, uh, three things I see in her life, is a past, present, and a future. She had a past. She reminds me that even though she had seven demons, and even though perhaps she was, you know, uh, uh, had sickness or disease, and you know, uh, maybe there was some other, uh, you know, uh, concern in her life, certainly she was tortured. Certainly she was oppressed. Certainly, uh, you know, these demons were not there to make her happy. Certainly her, her tortured, concerned, hurt, worried, anxious, fearful, fretful soul, whatever was going on in her life, in her mind, Jesus set her free, and she never forgot it. You know, uh, she took what she had, and she put it at His disposal. In thanksgiving, she said to herself, He did something for me that no one else could do. He did something for me. He set me free. I don't want to forget my past. You know, I don't want to forget my past. I don't want to forget that Jesus set me free. I don't want to forget. You know, I was drunk for two years, and I, I don't glorify that. But I don't want to forget, you know, that Jesus set me free. My children have never seen me drunk. Isn't that amazing? You know, you know, uh, never. Uh, and, and, and they're over 40 years old now. You know, that, that would not have happened had it not been for Jesus. You know, Jesus healed my marriage. <laughs> I was, you know, I was getting a divorce when Jesus came into my life of living in England and changed my life. I don't want to forget that. I have a past. And Mary Magdalene has helped me to remember, you know, to, 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 to the value of remembering that I have a past. You know, and I have a past that, you know, I have a past I'm not proud of. But I don't want to forget it. Because it shows me just exactly what Jesus has done for me. It shows me how far I have come. And it, it, and it gives me uh, such confidence that if, that if He could bring me from where I was to where I am, think what He could do if I continue to give Him my life today and start where I am. What in the world could I do for Him? And how much better you know, uh, will, will things be every year and every day as I continue moving along the path that Jesus put me on? Oh, listen. Let, let today's lesson from Mary Magdalene you know, bring you to a place to where you appreciate the memories you have of your past, even the bad ones, because that's what Jesus delivered you from. And God's not afraid of your past, and He's not ashamed of your past. Your past may have been a test. I hope 
it is now a testimony. Not only does Mary Magdalene remind me of a past, but also of a present. You see, because we catch her as she's presently ministering to the Lord. That's what I want to do. That's what I want my everyday moment to be. Every time I think about it, every time I think about where I am and be conscious of my presence, you know, my, my present moment, I want to be currently found worshiping the Lord, ministering to the Lord meeting His needs, meeting the needs of His body, of His church, meeting the needs of those who are out working. That's one of the reasons why we do missions, and we do missions so well. That's why we send money literally in our, throughout our community and all around the world. You know, last year, 33, 34% of every dollar that came into Golden Triangle Church on the Rock found its way into the mission field. Now, what do we consider a mission field? We consider a mission field, it, it's not advertising, and it's not internet, you know, and it's not broadcasting. We consider a mission field any place and any person that is in need or that's doing the work of God that we can help that they can in no way help us back. That has to be a qualification. Helping people that cannot help us back. Sowing into the needs of people. That's what we do, and that's why we do it, because we want to be found currently ministering to the Lord presently, today. I don't want to wait until things get better to start, you know, ministering or start giving or start, you know, supporting other, uh, you know, uh, other people that are serving the Lord. Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Susanna and uh, these other women, they teach us a lesson, the lesson of what are we doing today with what we have, because what you do with what you have today really shows who you are and what you believe. You know, you, if you're not faithful where you are, you won't be faithful when you get where you're going. That's what Jesus said. Mary had a past. Mary had a present. She was faithful serving the Lord. But also she speaks to me of the future. Because it was Mary Magdalene to whom Jesus entrusted his future. His future. He entrusted her with going and telling the very first evangelist, the very first apostle that he called after his resurrection was Mary Magdalene. He entrusted even his most precious resources, the 11 disciples. He entrusted them to her once again. He knew she cared about him. He knew that she cared about them. He knew because he had been watching her. He had called her and he had seen her. He knew that she cared about the body of Christ and about the work of Jesus continuing in the earth. And that's why he used her. That's why she's given such a preeminent and prominent position in the scriptures. An apostle to the apostles. No one else has that calling but Mary Magdalene. Why? Jesus trusted her with the future of his kingdom. Can he trust us? Can he trust us? to continue caring, even though it, in that moment, the glory days looked like they were over. 
I mean, the glory days of walking around with Jesus and Him walking on the water and feeding the multitudes and, and healing the sick and, and listening to Him teach. It looked like the glory days might be over, and indeed, in many respects, they were. But the work had begun, and He knew that Mary was there for more than just the fun. She was there for more than just the easy ride. She was there for more than just the miracles. She was there for more than just, you know, the glory days, the good old days, the days when everything was going right. And, you know, she was there to continue to minister with what she had to those who were doing the work of the Lord. That's what I want to do. I want to stay faithful in good times and bad times. Ministry looks both ways. Okay? It looks to what can you do to minister for Jesus and also what can you do to minister to Jesus. Well, that's our Bible character for tonight. May God bless you. May God's grace be upon you. Remember, you have a past. And what you do today is very important. And also, can Jesus trust you in good days and in difficult days to come, even in these troubled days? Can He trust you to be sent as a messenger with the word that He is alive? Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.